Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined by Matt Kendrick this morning. Matt, how are you? It's been a while, hasn't it, since we've done one of these together? I think you sound like you've never met me before. <laughs> Had a week off, haven't I? Jubilee uh, week. That's why. Mm, okay, yeah. For, did you enjoy the Jubilee? We talk about that first. I think it happened. It must have happened outside my window, so I just sat around watching Netflix as, as per. So, well done, <laughs> Queenie, and all that. To be fair, the, the uh, element of being a royalist and... You know, pride in your nation will probably bleed into today's subject a little bit so a lovely little segue there yeah this is uh, almost a little bit of an, an experimental podcast really um and kind of wanted to discuss the the future of where we take the podcast into the next next year or so to to an extent as well i think i'm right in saying this will be our third full season that we're covering on the podcast i kind of feel like we could be doing a little bit more with it now is my feeling <laughs> do, do you agree or disagree? On here, just to slag off our baby <laughs> No, 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 not at all. It's just, it's progressing. They're growing up now, aren't they, the baby? What what more can we teach them? What more can we do with the podcast platform? That's my thinking. Is this a call? Are you, are you dumping me, Dan? Is this a, no, no, is no, this no, a no. it's not, it's not you, it's me. Is this what's happening? No, no, no. I mean, these ones that we do in the week are usually Ash, John, Pat, uh, James Rushton before he, he left us. Um, he's not dead. I'll keep saying when he leaves us and it kind of makes out like he's died. He isn't died. He's just moved on. Uh, he dumped us. You're in a better place now. Exactly, yeah. But we normally do the post-match chats, but I kind of want to use your your knowledge to to big you up a bit and your experience as a journalist to discuss other things away from from just a match day. Um, How's how's that work? You want to make the podcast better, but you want to use (laughs) me more. You want more. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. that. So like I said, this is all a bit experimental. If you're watching along with the podcast and you're a fan of, of what we do, send some suggestions, some topics, talking points. I mean, we're going to have a planning meeting outside of this podcast, but this is effectively a planning meeting for us as well. But you know the one that you and me did 18 months ago, maybe, when we spoke about O'Neill leaving and we sat in my mum's kitchen and and discussed that whole debacle for an hour or so? Yeah. I want to do more stuff like that, basically. Yeah, like taking a topic or a subject or, you know, we did like the World Cup of Worst kits or whatever we did. I want to take those kind of things and just sit down for 20 minutes, see where it takes us, go down a bit of a rabbit hole and just discuss things away from from what's happening on the pitch a bit. And before people get concerned, that won't kind of replace like transfer discussions or talking about games. This is a, hopefully a supplement towards that. So today's little mini subject that I wanted to go with was the England national team and club versus country. As that, as there's a debate that always rolls rolls along, uh, kind of success with Villa or success with England. What's kind of more important to you? And somebody replies saying, "Why not both?" And that's the boring answer. We all know, yes, England being successful and Villa being successful is, is the nice answer, but that's the fairy tale. So, do you have a preference? Is it club or country for you? Do you do you like both? It's a club, isn't it? To be honest, and the the main reason being, and this might be different if I was part of the kind of 
I don't know what what are the England fans. Is it, I was going to say Barmy Army. What are the England fans called? Whatever the England fans. I don't know, but I was thinking about. Like obviously, I knew this topic was coming, so I was trying to think of what my opinion was as well. Seeing as I'm going to have to give it, and I feel like he probably is. You do feel a bit different if you travel with England. If you were in Germany last night watching and being part of the experience, but I don't. So I think it's been there, isn't it? You know, and mm. this is not not me supposed to kind of do down people who can't get to, to Villa Park either because they live miles away. Uh, continents away or are kind of priced out of it or or whatever other commitments. But to me, one of the beauties of live sport is actually being there and witnessing mm. it through your own eyes, not through a screen. And I've never had that with England. Um, you know, Have you been to England games? I've seen England at, at, at Wembley as a fan a couple of times, even at the old Wembley. Um, and I've covered England matches you know, at, at Wembley as well. As a as a reporter, but I've never seen England outside of this, you know, play outside of this this country, and I've never really, you know, my son's of an age now; he's fourteen, and he said, "Dad, can we, you know, can we go to one of the future World Cups and stuff like this?" And it seems nice in principle, but to get that kind of to get access to those tickets and to go through the slog mm. of, you know, the warm up, the friendlies, the the kind of conference conference league, and all that that kind of thing. Um, what, what is what? What's the? Is it called the Conference? I've not, it's I've Nations played, League, so, isn't it? Na- Nations, Nations League. League. Conference League is the is the European trophy, isn't it? That's Villa. Yeah. We'll get to Villa later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's clearly it's clearly club for me, and mm. that's not to say that I won't jump on a bandwagon. You know, I, I do watch I watch tournaments, not just England in tournaments, but the, the whole tournaments. I watch them re- religiously when they come around. Although I'll have to check the check the clock with what's going on with with the, the one coming up uh, in winter. But I think it's yeah that that that, that would be my main main argument. Not because I'm not patriotic, not because I don't want mm. the, the the nation and the you know our, our sporting our sporting representatives to do well but just because my chances of being there to witness it through my own eyes are going to be vastly improved if it's Aston Villa yeah yeah that's fair I mean if Villa get to a major final there's a good chance you'll be going as a as a season ticket holder you'll get tickets to be able to go and experience that whereas if England I mean the Euro 2020 final last summer there was no chance of us getting tickets to that I mean I still wanted them to win and I was watching it um friendlies and qualifiers and all that it doesn't bother me like I didn't I didn't watch England last night I didn't watch them against Hungary like, my Twitter feed was full of people moaning about Gareth Southgate and the system and losing to Hungary and how it's a poor result and blah 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 and I'm just I, I didn't even know it was on to, to begin with I, I care that little about anything outside of I mean the National League is a competitive tournament I think I mean the fact that I don't really even know says says it all about that tournament yeah, I mean, Euros and World Cup are the important ones. I'll watch all of that. And like you, I'll watch the tournament. I'll watch almost every game if I'm available to, to watch it. And I'm invested in the tournament itself and who goes all the way rather than just England. Although, obviously, I'm supporting England. But the qualifiers and the, especially the friendlies, I couldn't give anything for, for the friendlies at all. I just, I, I'm not interested. Um, the poll I put out earlier, I only ran it for an hour. It's got 400 votes. What's more important to you, a successful Villa side or a successful England side? 98% of the vote went for, for Villa over England. And then, like I said, there was a couple of tweets saying, you know, why not both? Well, they're both equal to England and Villa. I didn't watch it last night. I don't really care about Gareth Southgate's selections. I'm only really invested, again, if there's a Villa element to it. Like I'm buzz, buzzing for Cameron Archer, scoring for the under-21s, which that's pretty nothing nothing this, isn't it, really? The under-21 level of, of England. Um 
but that's a Villa player. It's a Villa player doing something. The Euros was carried by this Jack Grealish narrative. Will he, won't he? Should he start? That was kind of exciting to be a part of our, representa- our representative at the time, kind of being the poster boy for should be in there uh, controlling games. Tyra Mings wasn't in this England squad, so Ollie Watkins wasn't in it. So I'm not really that bothered because there's, no, there's no ask, there's no angle for me to get invested. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a kind of anti-international football thing. You know, it's not like, no, there's a kind of many Liverpool fans aren't there who say Scout's mm. not English and we saw what happened and booed abide with me or whatever whatever it was the the other week. I'm not it's not that way. I just think I think I don't know, it's it's been a weird relationship with, with Aston Villa in England. Obviously I don't know what the number is now. It must be about eighty, is it? Something like that. How many England internationals Villa have provided? Down yeah, it's one of the most, we, isn't it, I think? We were kind of market leaders in that for, for a while. I'm not sure whether that's still the case. But it always has... I don't know, perhaps it's maybe the, the chip on my shoulder as a, as a cynical Villa fan, but we clamour for our players to get into the England squad. They get in the England squad and then they get into a, a nice kind of limousine chauffeur-driven Mercedes with blacked-out windows somewhere up the M6 to the northwest, and we lose mm. them. Um, so what's... What's in it for us? You know, okay, it gives us gives us a source of pride, but if it's putting our best players, you know, making them vulnerable to leaving us, I don't see I don't see really too much of an upside. I mean, what I what, what I will do, I'll caveat by saying when David Platt scored against Belgium, uh with that swivel and volley from Gascoigne's free kick back in back in nineteen ninety, that was just one of the one of the kind of best moments ever. Really, um, mm. probably because I was a lot younger, and I think I was on. A, I think um, no, it was a semi-final. I was on a camping trip with school, but uh, so that I think there there are there are moments of pride that that come with it. But I don't know. I don't know what's what's the what's the vibe like in the comments on air of people, oh, people again or. Or- all the comments on, on Facebook Live uh, are marrying up with, with my Twitter feed, 100% uh, with you, lads, says Bruce. Uh, Matt Smith says, don't really care about England. Well, Gonzo is in charge, which I assume is a reference to Gareth Southgate's big nose. Well, I have no big nose slander on this podcast. Um, Villa all day long, says Dave. Uh, Matt Smith says he was at Wembley for England, Albania, and the atmosphere was great. Um but nothing compares to, to being at Villa Park, Villa versus Derby in the player final, etc. Club comes first. Yeah, um, it's that emotional connection, isn't it? I think. I mean, if you've got, you know, if you're one of the big hitters of, you know, I don't know who's got the most, Man City maybe or Liverpool, and you've got five or six of your club players playing for England as well, I imagine that kind of carries it for you a little bit more. Um, but with there being no Villa element and sitting and watching most games at home and the friendlies just being boring, and I mean, if you beat your like, San Marino 7 0, it's like, yeah, all right. Oh, that's what we're expected to do. Like, I don't get kind of the fanfare that comes with that. Um, the kind of hypothetical question that comes along with this debate is the trophy for your club or the trophy for England. Would you rather see England win a World Cup or Villa win a Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup? I'd rather, see Villa, win a, I'd rather see Villa win a, a League Cup than England win yeah, a World Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, the, the, like the, the, the League Cup is like the lowest of the trophies are to win, I guess, in terms of stature. Yeah. I mean, I'd take Villa winning the playoff final again <laughs> over the World Cup, to be honest. That's being part of that experience of Villa being successful, even if it is just the League Club Cup. Yeah. I'd take that over a World Cup any day. 
I mean, the World Cup would be good for like the party atmosphere around the country and kind of everyone feeling together and you're with your family. We had that in the last couple of days and I still sat with my curtains closed watching oh, yeah, exactly. exactly you know what yeah. I mean? So if, if the main um, benefit is, is an extra couple of bank holidays, great, <laughs> I'll take the time off, but I'm probably not going to be kind of congering in the street. Um, we had uh, we had like a little party at my dad's house for the for the was it for the Euros? Definitely for the World Cup in 2018. But I think we got together for the Euros and got all the family there, barbecue in the garden and a few drinks and all that kind of stuff. And that's nice. Tournament football is is interesting. It's entertaining. I, I kind of get that part. Everything that comes with it, the qualifiers, the disrupting of the Premier League season as well, every couple of months to to halt it for a couple of international friendlies. Oh, get that out of the schedule. I can't stand that. So for me, yeah. Just the League Cup or an FA Cup or obviously anything bigger than that, I'd absolutely take that over Villa, over, over England all day. I just don't really get the kind of England hype, really. I mean, that probably makes me sound like this kind of anti-England, non-patriotic guy, but I'm also not down the pub screaming my head off with a three lines tattoo on my chest because that's also not, not my personality either. Yeah, I think we're probably different football fans to, to other people, Dan, because... You know, I didn't bother with the match last night, but some people will consume football seven days. Every football, watch, yeah. Whatever's on, and you know that that's. So it's if you are either. doing that, you're going to have an opinion on it. I, I'm less invested in that. I'm a, I'm also a glory hunter, but I'm a I'm a fair weather England fan. Um, must admit, you know, as a younger man, I probably would have been a little bit more not not tattoo across my chest. Uh, <laughs> I've been too hairy for that, but uh, I'd have probably been down down the pub, you know, like you said. I remember back in 2002, I think it was. Uh, how old you been then? Six or something? I was born 95, so yeah, turning seven that, that November. Yeah, so 2002, we had, shared a house with my mates and we had a, a big party and it was, you know, it, 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 like I say, I like the idea of it, of it, of it being an event, but that mm. could happen regardless of what was happening on the screen to go. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Just get together with your mates and have a beer. That's the bit that you're enjoying. It's not the football. And it's usually the football that lets you down in these scenarios as well. Everyone looks like the away day experience. But if the club loses it, at club level, even that kind of dampens it a bit. It's all about the, the experience of going, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, really, I think, in terms of club versus country. I'd Like I say, always club for me. I take someone in the comments there just said I'd take Villa winning at Sabutio over England doing anything. I don't know whether I can't, can't go down that far, but yeah, like I'm invested in Villa. I'll watch Villa 38 games, hopefully a few more with, with cup runs a season. I'll watch England in a tournament and I might watch the odd friendly here and there or the odd qualifier a couple of times a year. And the squad is full of players that aren't Villa players. They're full of players I don't really care about don't really care about the manager. I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't get England football. I don't get international football. Like I say, it's, it's a weird relationship because the the, the players that we clamour to be called up and you know reel them off, can't we? In recent years, Gareth Barry, Stuart Stuart Downing, um, James Milner, Ashley Young. I mean, those are the ones who, who, who headed out. But we had this this, this big clamour, so. There's a worry that the players get called up, we're going to lose to the Champions League club. But also, you go back further, and obviously we've been reveling in the 40th anniversary of the of the, the European Cup heroes uh, in recent weeks for obvious reasons. And half of them never even got a look in. You know what I mean? This mm. was the greatest, greatest team. I say of their generation. It wasn't of their generation because England, English teams were winning the European Cup yeah. every year year back then. But this, this was... Yeah, well, certainly the, the greatest Villa, ever Villa team. 
got a handful of England caps between mm. them. You know what I mean? So it's, I'm, I'm really, really, really nonplussed about it all, to be honest. But you'll probably get me on one of these in in, in November. <laughs> I'll have me kind of Union Jack fly. fly. <laughs> This is the thing, but that's different. It's tournament football. The Premier League kind of takes a, a side step for a little bit, and you, your focus is on England. And if a Villa player is called up to that tournament, I'll be invested in their kind of journey with England as much as them England going as far as possible. Well, you're probably but, invested in. I mean, this is the interesting thing about the 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 World Cup taking place at the time of year that it is. That there's going to be such a tight schedule in terms of you know, let's say. England go and win the thing, and you know I know that recent performances, from what I heard, but from what I understand, have been a bit sticky. <laughs> it's not beyond the realms of possibility, being that we we've, we've got so close, you know, in the last couple of tournaments. If England win it, the turnaround time is ridiculously tight. So I don't even know if the players will be allowed to celebrate anyway. Because yeah. the, the, the physios, the club physios, is going to be on the phone to England's physio. You know, as soon as that final whistle blows, to say get them back, get them back quickly. We need to get them yeah. ready for. A match in six or seven days, so it's um, it's yeah, it's just. It's, I mean, the topic a, of the topic of a win to World Cup in Qatar is another debate in itself, isn't it? A probably political debate that isn't for the podcast. Yeah, not for us, mate. We probably the, we, we don't care about <laughs> we don't care about uh, international football. I'll get somebody else on for that. I mean, the thing is, like, if England are playing in a friendly tonight for example, and there's no Villa player in it, but Poland are playing Denmark tonight and Matty Cash starts. I'd watch Poland, Dem- uh, uh, Belgium, sorry, because I'd want to see Matty Cash because they're too friendly, so I don't really care about either team's result. Yes, I'm English. Yes, I want England to win at all times. But if I'm watching a game, I'm going to commit to spending two hours of my evening's free time to watch some football. I'd rather watch the Villa player take part in something. So that probably tells you more about my connections to the national team. Um, do, do you think there'd be... You know, if you're going on a Manchester United podcast or a Grimsby Town podcast, do you think this this feeling would be shared largely that people would be more invested in their in their clubs mm. and their country? I think the vast majority of people are still going to be club over country because you you pay your money into your season tickets, you watch them every week, you're buying the shirts. England only comes around every couple of years for proper football, taking away those friendlies and stuff. Um I don't know, it depends. Everyone's different, aren't they? There'll be people watching this that are still invested in Villa in, in England just because there isn't a Villa player there. And like I said, I'll still want England to win the tournament in in uh, December and go all the way and win the World Cup because that would be great. I want to see success, success of any kind. But if this is if this is some kind of weird hypothetical scenario where someone comes to you and says Villa Trophy or World Cup, Villa Trophy, bite your hand off all day for that. Um, the, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was kind of going back a little bit. Obviously, uh, England kind of I want to talk about like the golden generation a little bit, but there's been several occasions where England have had a good side, you know, good enough to win the tournament. Obviously, in, in recent years, we've got to semi-finals and finals. Um, the one coming up, you'd expect us to, to go pretty decently far into it as well. Obviously, the Gerard Beckham kind of mid-2000s era. And then I want to go back to the 90s to, to get your memories of kind of England being good and Villa being good at the same time. And kind of this debate, it's hypothetical, isn't it, at the moment? Because for so many years, Villa and England haven't been good enough to win trophies. Um, and Villa probably still aren't, to be honest, at the moment. But back in the 90s, you got uh, Euro 96, obviously they did well, Italian 90. And Villa were winning the League Cups in, in the mid-90s as well. So what was the experience of following both club and national sides in the mid-90s when both were good? 
It's a bit rose-tinted spectacles, though, isn't it? Because, like, the mid-90s, I was a teenager. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? So everything was better, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it was... Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's, it's a really awkward one because we work in the industry, so we're as much to blame as anybody, but there's so much wall-to-wall coverage and hype and nonsense that surrounds football now because it's such big business and such a big interest that it did feel better then because it was more sparing. Do you know what I mean? You'd, you'd probably have to, you know, if you, if you miss the match, if you miss the midweek international match for, for whatever reason, uh you wouldn't be able to get the highlights on YouTube. You'd have mm. to tape them. You'd have to tape them from Sports Night uh, or something like that. And it, so it's, I don't know, I just think we're, we're probably so spoiled now. That's probably why we come, we, we become blase to things, you know, without saying like a really, really old man that I, I am. You only see televised football really perhaps once a week. Back mm. then, you might see something on a, on a Sunday. So it would be appointment to view. You'd sit down and it'd be an event. But because you've got so many options and so many choices now, you know, some people love that because, you know, they just want to consume as much as they possibly can. Me, it might be, it might be a bit of a busman's holiday sometimes if you think, oh, mm. well, I've had a, a logged out work and then I'm going to sit and watch some more football. Probably go, probably go and um, read a book and stuff. Where, where am I going with this? What was your question? Uh, oh, it's, that is kind of the point, point to end it, isn't it? Because there's some people that will probably kind of laugh at the point and we're saying that this is work. You, you know, you work in football, you work in journalism, that's a good job to have. And I'm kind of, I agree with that. But yeah, if I spend 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. thinking about football and thinking about Villa and work stuff and England kick off at six o'clock in a friendly. I'm going to go sit down and watch England play in a friendly and be consumed by, I need, by football. I, I, kind of, I do kind of need to switch off a little bit from, from that as well. So, but it's still people watching football is the release from work, isn't it? Yeah, in terms of the 90s, it was it was brilliant. And like I said, I think it might be nostalgia talking quite a lot because, you know, some of the kids, shall we say, who, who have been kind of out with the mates and celebrating England getting to final and semi-final of the last two tournaments. In 20 years' time, you know, if, if England haven't won anything by then, they might look back on the last couple of years as fondly as yeah. I look back on on '96 and stuff like that. But it was, you know, it was it, it was great. You've got the kind of maverick in, in Paul Gascoigne, who was kind of, you know, really kind of, don't know, just just stating the obvious. But football's football's entertainer and the circus that, that surrounded him on an international level, uh, and you know, a really good team. Around him, and then Villa, Villa winning things. So you know what's not to what's not to to like about that. Villa, England looked like they were challenging, and Villa looked like they were challenging. Now mm. we're not quite in the same place at the moment, but we, we have got an international team now who looks like they're, they're capable of challenging. And with the way Villa burst out the blocks, trying to bolster the squad so far this summer, it looks like we've got a, a Villa team at least with a, the intention to challenge. So, mm. do you know what I mean? It's, I think it's it's exciting times on on both fronts. Um, but having re- renewed my season ticket in the last couple of days um, and seen some of the business that Villa are doing, that excites me much more than. England playing in the Nations League, and until November, December ticks around, it so excites me much more than England playing in the World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know when the next time England play. I assume there's another Nations League game coming up, or friendly, or something. 
Well, I know exactly when Villa are back in pre-season against Warsaw on the 9th of July, 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, I'll be waiting to sit down and watch that during that afternoon and see that see maybe a glimpse of Kamara playing and what the new kit looks like and Gerald on the touchline. I'm already looking forward to Villa being back in pre-season rather than watching England in some poxy made-up tournament. Yeah, but if you're probably in social media, ready, so you probably have a better idea yeah. of when we're... <laughs> Good point. Fair enough. Um, I think that pretty much does us, doesn't it? I thought this might be kind of lose steam after five or ten minutes as we talk about something that's not strictly Villa related, but we've done 25 minutes of, of chat about a different topic and that's yeah. kind of what I, I want to I think it's still lost steam, to be honest. But we've oh, yeah, of course. People, def- people are definitely switched off at this point. But this is the kind of thing I want to add into the podcast schedule every so often, a look back at, uh, you know, like we did the Martin O'Neill thing, looking back at an old story and, and retelling that or delving into some some of your stories as a, as a journalist or whatever it might be and kind of supplement the, the usual schedule of pre-match, post-match stuff with with different topics as well. So, Matt, thanks for joining me this morning, as always. No problem. You're welcome. And, uh, yeah, thanks to the people that watch along live. If you enjoyed this uh, different type of content, do let us know. If you've got a subject for us that you want us to chat about, put it in the comments below and we'll, we'll maybe do that. Maybe we'll try and do one of these once every couple of weeks or something. We'll kind of see how it goes. But, yeah, thank you very much for watching and uh, we'll see you again the next time Villa sign a player, probably. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the Villa. Up the Villa.